Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Thank you. It's not that helpful having your husband pray for you before you speak because you get a bit emotional. <laughs> but thank you. Wouldn't My name's good if I did it. <laughs> hey, I would have cried too, I'm sure. I'm easily, I easily cry, Sienna, so. <laughs> um, well, welcome. My name's Alyssa. I'm married to Jamie. I've established that. We've got two little kids, River, who's in the beautiful red um, dress outfit this morning, and Arlo, who's munching on Vegemite and got it all over my dress already. Um, (laughs) We uh, have started back up in our dinner party on Thursday night, I have to confess. We haven't quite launched dinner parties yet, but we were missing it already. And so on Thursday night, we did gather in our house for our dinner party. It feels like in confession, but I'm about to speak on why it's a good thing. Um, (laughs) But we were talking about, and there's always some crazy stuff that comes up at the table, and we were joking about a phrase, which I'll explain in a minute, and they were joking with me about putting it into my talk on Sunday. So I'm giving you the heads up in advance so that you can be in on the jokes, and there's not just one person laughing like Vince is right now. And throughout the talk, as I use this phrase, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm not entirely sure how it came about, but we would, I think it might have been Meltem, who's maybe not here yet, said that some fruit got left in a jar in her cupboard. Vince, oh, she is here. Oh, there she is. You can tell the story. Um, I think it was fruit got left in a jar and it started to ferment. Some, anyway, I won't explain all the details, but some fruit got left in there, started to ferment, started to bubble. And we said, well, isn't that a good phrase? Get fermented. you know come on get into it get fermented when it gets um fermented starts to bubble goes a bit deep things start to break down and it's really it's fermented get it on a t-shirt i reckon anyway not much point to that story rather than just warming you up to me speaking to you (laughs) so since we launched greenhouse five years ago almost Um, We've actually been going through the Gospel of Luke, and um, we're up to Luke 14. And so if you want to get your Bibles out, your apps, we're in Luke 14 this morning. And Ben started us off, kicked us off in Luke 14, the first six verses. But I'm going to reread them again this morning for us as a bit of context. So as you're getting your Bible out, I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you that you laugh with us that you cry with us, that you're here with us this morning. And as we open your word, would you speak to us in all of these simple words in the paper? Would it come to life for us this morning as we open it up? Would you convict us? Would you challenge us? And would you encourage us this morning through what you've said, Jesus? Amen. Okay, well, here we are, Luke 14. And I don't know if it's going to be up on the screens, actually. So I hope you've got a device, and if not, a Bible in front of you, Luke 14. We're in a Pharisee's house. Jesus is at a Pharisee's house. So one Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat at a house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. 
There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests had picked their places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you'll have to take the least important place. But when, you've been invi- when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who, are exalted, who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said this to his host. When you give a luncheon or a dinner... Do not invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbours. If you do, they will invite you back, and so you will be rewarded, repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Thank you, Lord. So we open here at, in a scene, oh, thank you, they are on the screen, yay, thank you very much. Um, we're in a house of a prominent Pharisee, and so Ben shared last week, and it's good to listen back if you weren't here last week, around that invitation to a Sabbath meal and what Sabbath, the encouragement of Sabbath is really about. But he gives a context here, and I won't re-preach on that, but there's a context here that I think is important to what he then speaks about next. He heals a man with abnormal swelling. And in Greek, that was kind of a picture of the sickness of an inner person, almost to say that they were a person swelled up or puffed up with greed. So Jesus establishes himself not only as the authority of teacher in the room, in a prominent Pharisee's house, but also the one that can cure the condition of greed. And here it is that we enter the next part from verse 7 that we'll speak on today. Because Jesus has their attention and he has the authority. Verse 7, he says, um, he noticed how the guests picked their places um, of honour. So they were watching him really intently and he was also watching them very intently. And he says, do not take the place of honour. And I think it's interesting here, I think in verse 8, he says, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, that's quite specific. He's painting a picture about a wedding feast. And I don't know about you, has anyone in the room attended a wedding uninvited, maybe? Any hands up? Okay, if Jamie was here, he would be raising his hand because he has attended a wedding he wasn't invited to. He was playing the band for the ceremony. And I think young old Jamie thought, if you were doing something in the wedding, you'd get invited to the dinner. So here he goes, rocks up to the dinner and tries to take a seat or find a seat, notices that people have names 
and he can't find his. So he was pretty humiliated that day when he had to walk back home and not sit and have um, dinner at the table. Thankfully, not many of us probably have that experience. But I think um, Jesus is saying something interesting here, that <clears throat> at a wedding meal, it's not like we would go and take a bride or groom's spot, would we? You know, we wouldn't go and sit and sit, sit down, take that seat facing everyone, and um, then the bride literally comes in and says, hey, hey, that's probably my seat. That would be embarrassing. So words here, um, I think interesting in verse 9, if, if so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you. Isn't that interesting? The host who invited both of you, the person, you yourself and the person that takes that seat, you're both invited let that ferment. <laughs> and he says, best you take the lowest place. The host will give you, then the host might give you a better place. I can't help but imagine here, as Luke often paints a picture for us throughout the gospel, is that a picture of God's table, the wedding feast at the kingdom, being invited to his table, that he's our host that he's welcomed us. So would we not let the host show us to the seat? Show us to our seat? Would we not let the host show you to your seat? You've been given a seat. You've been invited. But the honour and position is not for us to choose or to seek out. I wonder if the lowest place is a place of service. Maybe Jesus is more interested in us looking for a place to serve rather than a place to be honoured. Say it again. Maybe Jesus is more interested in us looking for a place to serve rather than a place to be honoured. I think it's interesting in those days, the way the tables were set up, I was reading a little bit about it and I'm no Bible scholar, so don't quote me, but I think that they actually were on one side of the table, someone can correct me, and um, the like valued or significant places were kind of on each end and one side was left free for the servers to come and serve. And I think that is just interesting, like a flip of the coin that we might come and take a seat on one side, but Jesus saying, take the lower place, take the other side, and maybe you'll be brought, brought around. Sometimes we sense that we're kind of good enough to be invited and be here at the table. And yes, through Jesus, we are made right. We have been given a place. But we have to remember that it wasn't us that chose it, that worked for it. It's been given and it's a gift. So let the host show you to your seat. And Jesus is more important and more interested in looking for us a place to serve rather than a place to be honoured. Take the lowest place, he says. In verse 11, he says this phrase, and it's actually repeated throughout um, Luke and in um, other Gospels as well. So it's pretty confident these are fairly um, set words that Jesus um, used or a phrase Jesus used. So, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. 
It, feels, it appears in a couple of other places, which I'll quickly mention. In Matthew 23, in verse 11, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees again, and he says, the greatest among you must be a servant. And then he uses that same line. In Luke 18, a little bit later on in his same gospel, he's telling a parable about a Pharisee going to pray and praying, saying, I'm not like others. I've, I've been kind of brought here um, for the goodness and I've, I've done all the things right. And then a tax collector who comes to pray and he, he's humble and he can't even look up. He, he's, he's looking down and he's knowing that he's in need. And Jesus then uses that same phrase again, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's an upside down kingdom that Jesus is building. And Jesus says in Matthew 20, 28, that he didn't come to be served, but actually to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So look for a place to serve, find the lowest place and wait for the host to show you a seat. In verse 12, we'll go to the next part of what Jesus is saying here. This is interesting because he's actually speaking directly to the host, which he's actually just established that they're the person to make the calls and to make the moves and um, to, to say who's significant or not. Then he speaks directly to the host of this dinner party, of this um, gathering, and he says... When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbours. If you do, they might invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. It's pretty bold he's speaking here directly to that host, and he's challenging the host. Don't just invite those ones that will repay you, where you'll get the benefits, the way you feel good, you'll... They'll laugh at your jokes, you'll get those accolades, and they're the ones that you find easy to invite. You already get the reward here on earth. So be the people that invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And I think this is really literal. Like It says this is a parable, and often we're kind of scratching our heads at some of the parables, right? But this is really literal. He's saying... Invite these people into your life. Invite the poor, invite the crippled, invite the lame, invite the blind. What if we actually took that literally? Literally. (laughs) You know, I think, and I'll, you know, share about this a little bit more, but we, we, we do all find ourselves a little bit in that place of being poor, crippled, lame, or blind. But are we actually looking out for people that don't just please us and fill our cup and puff us up? But are we actually looking for people that it's hard to be around, that we don't agree with, and people that are in need of being invited to the table? How much of what we do today is just to make us look good or to fit in? We're looking for places to align with our significance, our opinion, or lifting our value. Are we really working towards things that we know we'll get a benefit from, benefits we'll see in this life? Or are we working towards the treasures in heaven, the kingdom coming, that we might not see the fruit for ourselves? Maybe we won't in this life. For what reason should we do things? For our blessing, glory or honour? Or is it really to honour the one 
who's brought you to the table. Maybe we'll ferment on that for a bit. <laughs> I'll stop using it. <laughs> I think in some um, different versions, this has actually got a title that says it's around like a humility parable and talking about how we live humbly, these um, verses. Being humble doesn't mean that we have to be self-degrading. It's actually just comparing ourselves to Jesus, where none of us measure up. None of us measure up. We all fall short. We're all in need of a host to invite us to the table, to count us worthy, And in many ways, yes, we are poor or crippled, blind or lame, poor in spirit, maybe resources, energy, crippled by the weight of anxiety, depression, loneliness, maybe blind, blind not just physically, but blind to the worldly ways that are entrapping us. Yes, I am. Lame, maybe unable to move or in need of of physical healing ourselves. So therefore, you are invited to the table. And if you have a place at the table, can I tell you this morning, it's your job to invite others. It's your job to make space, to help someone else see that they too are invited, to literally give them a seat at your table. I'm talking so literally here, and I'm speaking to myself, to make space at our tables even when it's hard, even when we've got kids running around or having meltdowns to make space, even when we're rocking kids to sleep, which some can attest to being at our house too or they're screaming in the cot, even in those moments when it feels hard, we still make space for people. Welcome them into your life. Help them to to feel that they are invited too. Because if we don't, how will they know? How will they know? At Greenhouse, would we be a people who recognise the need, our need for God, our need for Jesus saving us, our need for his covering over our failures, and that we ourselves in many ways are poor, crippled, blind and lame, but in our recognition of this, we would feel compelled to extend an invitation to our table, to our gatherings, and into our lives. Because we know the Father, we know the host who invited us, and he's gracious, and he's merciful, and he's kind. So let the host show you to your seat. Look for a place to serve, and take the lower place. When we've found a place, And when we know our place, it's our job to invite others and to make space. To literally invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind to our table. You guys can come up and as we finish, um, Kate and Jaden are going to sing a song over us. Um, to respond, and I've asked them to sing this specifically. It's called Carried to the Table. And I wanted to get, help us give space to be reminded how he has carried us to the table. And then 
give space for the Holy Spirit to convict us and to challenge us in the places where we need to take the lower place again or maybe where we need to invite people in and maybe Holy Spirit will even give you a sense of a person or people that we should invite into our lives. So let him do that this morning. Take that space to do it. Before, I, before we sing, if there's still a tiny bit of time, I think so. Yeah. There's a story in the Old Testament, you might be familiar, and I'll try and say the guy's name right. His name's Mephibosheth. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a story of how he was literally carried to the table. He was crippled in both feet. And he was a, a social outcast, and he was a son or grandson of the king's enemy. You might want to go back and read it another time because it's a beautiful story. It appears in 2 Samuel 9, and I'll just read a couple of parts where he's literally found and brought to the table, and then we'll sing. So King David asked, Is there anyone still left in the house of Saul, um, who was a previous king and his enemy in a way? So a servant went and found and said, There is a grandson, and his name is Mephibosheth. (laughs) He's lame in both feet. So the King David had him brought to his house. And when he came, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. David said to him, don't be afraid, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I'll restore you to all the land that belonged to your grandfather, and you will always eat at my table. I love that he was um, still crippled, that someone literally carried him, literally had to carry him to the table. And he had a place at the king's table for all of his life, and he ate with the king. Out of God's great kindness, we have a place at the table. So will we reflect on that this morning and look for places where we could too carry others.